Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 15 of Wrestle Life Radio, where we're about to tell you about the King of the Ring. My name is Matt Sin, and I'm here with my friends Chris Cumbie and Kyle Pauly. Chris comes before Kyle because... <clears throat> I am a C. I am a C-H. I am a C-H-R-I-S-F-A-N. And I have C-H-R-I-S in my H-E-A-R-T and I will L-O-V-H-I-M until the end of time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. That was good. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> I, th- I thought it was good. I-, I was driving to work today and I'm like, man, what can I do for Chris Comes Before Kyle? I'm like, hmm, what what comes with the word Chris? Well, Christian. Okay, wasn't there? There should be a song about that. There is. There's plenty. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was good. Wow. I thought it was good. Wow. Yeah. Well, that was yeah, a good. That was a good way to welcome me back. I appreciate it. Yeah. 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 It's nice. It's, it's nice that you're back. We're glad that you're yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, so before we actually get started on the Raw review, let's talk very briefly about NXT, which is now moving to Wednesday nights, not to compete with AEW. Ha ha ha. Uh, mm-hmm. Starting in September, so it's going to beat AEW to TV. It's going to be a two-hour show in the same time slot as AEW, and it's going to be on the USA Network instead of Fox Sports 1, which is a much bigger deal because Fox Sports 1 can't be seen everywhere. And USA can be seen on every single cable provider and satellite provider. It's on Sling. It's a big deal. So uh, what, do, what do you guys think of that? It's also a big deal because Fox got shafted. Yeah, they did. Um, they were pretty sh- they're pretty confident that they were going to uh, going to end up getting <clears throat> excuse me NXT and uh that did not happen. No, not at all. I'm I'm pretty bummed about this because I really really like NXT and a part of the reason why I really like NXT is because Vince McMahon does not have anything to do with it and now he will have his filthy little hand all up in it. So just imagine Vince McMahon is going to have Raw NXT SmackDown in the XFL, Ugh. and uh, he's like 70 years old. And he sleeps like an hour and a half a night or something crazy. He's going to die. <laughs> so like, his mom is still alive, and she's like 94. Oh and it just, it They're vampires. They're yeah, vampires. he's going to be around That's forever. Like, I'm going to be 90 years old one day watching Raw, and I'm going to be like, why is Vince McMahon still writing this show? Like, this is exactly <laughs> 100% gonna happen. I'm a genius. I'm a genius. <laughs> he'll still be there and he'll be like a scribbled up little prune and like he'll be in a wheelchair, be a hundred, 170 years old or something stupid. Yeah, yeah, I think I really, I, I really hope they don't ruin NXT, man. I really hope so. I, I hope not, but we'll see. You know, the, the first thing that everyone was talking about was that Vince McMahon was gonna put his hands in it because Meltzer said if it's on TV, he definitely will. Uh, but then I think it was uh, Pro Wrestling Sheets, I believe it was, said, hold on, hold on. The people that we're talking to saying that he's going to have nothing to do with it. And, like, especially with XFL coming up this February, like, he's already busy with that. Like, he wasn't at Raw this week, and we'll get into that in a second, but he wasn't there. Uh, Kevin Dunn, Triple H, and Paul Heyman led the show. Uh, So I think that hopefully he's going to step back from everything. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I, I wish would that that would be my dream. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. Well, Chris, since you're back, and since before we get started on Raw, let's do this day in wrestling history. This day in wrestling history. So, uh, because I missed last week, I do have two for you today. Uh, okay, great. This day in August 21st, 
Um, 40 years ago today, that's 4-0 in Tampa, Florida, Dusty Rhodes. Right down the road. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes defeated Harley Race to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Now, Man, what, None of us were even alive. No, but what makes this really impressive is that Harley Race had had the title for 926 days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then uh, Rhodes, <laughs> he only had it for five days. After oh, he, really? After he took it off a of Harley race. Was he a transitional champion? Um, I don't know who won it after that. All I've just got that fact. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to look that up. Yeah. I guarantee you that's what happened. Yeah. But anyways, that was, uh, that was really, I thought it was really cool to talk about, especially with, you know, Harley race recently passing away and yeah, that's kind of a big deal. That's cool. And then, uh, 20, uh, I'm sorry, 19 years ago. So in the year 2000, Yes. On Raw uh, in Louisiana, uh, Lita defeated Stephanie McMahon to win the WWF Women's Championship. And this was the first time in Raw history that a woman's match main evented the show. Oh, wow. So this is a big day for women's wrestling. That's a big deal. Wasn't that the match where Rock was the special guest referee? Yes, Rock was the special referee. Yes. Because hmm. he had to be in the main event. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah. Exactly. Like in, in, in not taking anything away from Lita, but you know, especially 19 years ago, it was difficult to put the women in the main, in the main event. Like it's still not done all that much today. So having the rock there as a special guest referee could, you know, make it a little more prestigious, I'd say. Well, yeah. and it was also because, uh, that was in the middle of the big, um, triple H and Kurt Angle storyline that they had going on where there was almost like a love triangle where, Kurt Angle was trying to get with Stephanie, but they yeah. were just quote unquote friends and Triple H was, you know, getting mad, which was an awesome storyline. And then they just dropped it suddenly because they all started feeling like awkward for some reason. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And um, yeah, so it was a great storyline that they just dropped for no reason. Well, well that's well. that's not that's not shocking. <laughs> yeah. So. so it's like we're complaining about it now, but they've always done that kind of stuff. Yeah, they yeah. always drop random crap. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's what's so good about NXT now is that it's legitimately consistent. Yep. Oh, I love so. NXT. That's what I'm yeah. so concerned about. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Chris. It's okay. I know. They, did we'll show, uh, they did show ads on TV this week, though. They're trying to get more people to start watching on the network now and probably you know move over when it comes to USA. But they're actually advertising more on Raw lately. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good thing. Speaking of raw, nice segue. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Um, <laughs> how good, how really, really good was the opening to Raw this week? And it wasn't incredible. It was much better than the crap they've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> so Roman Reigns comes out, and he gets interrupted by Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. who also says, and like randomly, like. He says it should have been me, which I guess technically is his his uh, current catchphrase. But like he is so forced now. Like it was fine against Kofi, but like drop it, dude. Like come on. But it doesn't matter because the match was frigging awesome. So Dolph Ziggler basically said, "Hey, you've you've just had things almost happen to you. You had a scaffold almost fall on you. You had a car almost hit you. But things are actually happening to me." Goldberg speared me 
three times. <laughs> Shawn Michaels super kicked me in the face. I even got beat by Maurice's husband, which is a great line, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. Really sir. good. And so he talks about, you know, uh, how nothing is really happening to Roman. And as the match is about to start, he super kicks him in the face and the match starts and kicks off. And boy, howdy, did these guys have a throwdown of a match. And there, were, there was a lot of good wrestling this week, and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. Um, and I feel like I, I want to take a little bit of credit here. So this <laughs> is episode 15. So this is week eight that we've been doing this, right? So right before we started was possibly the worst Raw of all time, where the Revival had Usi Hot in their pants. <laughs> and then we started doing podcasts, and Vince McMahon is like, well, pal, this is my Vince McMahon, it's terrible. Well, pal, I guess we better make the shows better if Matt, Chris, and Kyle were going to review us. And so I would like to take a little credit, and I would like a Chris Jericho-style thank you. Anyway, that that's uh, neither here nor there. Chris, tell us what you thought of this match. I'm just amazed by how bad your Vince McMahon was. It's bad. Like he, He's like one of the easiest voices in the world to do. And I'll like, give you thank you when you give Carol her uh, Cody Rhodes t-shirt. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it still, uh, still hasn't been ordered. So, you know, um, to, um, you know, this was a really, I was really impressed. Um, yeah. I really like that uh, Roman really put Dolph Ziggler over. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of, lots of big hits, lots of near finishes. Um, and, uh, I mean, everyone and their mother knew Reigns was going to win, but, uh, yeah. but, um, but they made it a good match. You know I mean? We've been talking a lot about these horrible squash matches and, but this was, this was a great way to start the show. It really set the, set the tone for the whole thing. And I, I really enjoyed it. Right. Right. Yeah. I thought this was a really great match. And the cool thing is everyone and their mother knew Roman was going to win, but it didn't matter. Because there was still a time or two in this match where you're like, no way Dolph Ziggler's pulling this off, right? right? Yeah. Because they made it they made it that believable. And I mean it was so it, good. It was a good match, but my issue was Ziggler comes out and he's like, like you said, he's telling Roman, you know, you've almost had stuff happen to you, but I have had, you know, three spears from Goldberg. I lost to Maurice's husband. And we've seen the last couple of weeks he's kind of been just a, a loser. Right. And he does blindside Roman with a super kick. And and Chris, you're right. Roman did give him a lot in this match, but that's the kind of the issue that I had with it. It's like, yeah, this is a good match, but Ziggler has been beaten up and been beaten up and down lately. And now he's like just taking it to Roman. And I didn't have a problem with uh, Roman and like Buddy Murphy going at it on SmackDown, but for, for whatever reason, this one kind of bothered me. It was just like, this dude's been a loser the last couple of weeks, and now he's just like beating up Roman. And I mean, I agree that we all knew Roman was going to win. He wasn't going to lose. But if, if, if Ziggler was going to attack him or something before the match to kind of give the advantage, I would have liked to have seen him like hit him with a chair a bunch of times or something to kind of convincingly gave, give himself kind of a head start instead of just like super kicking him and then – beating him up for a while. Yeah, well, the announcers even said at the beginning, uh, can Roman even compete? And I think they said something about him having a broken jaw or something, so at least they tried to put it over a little bit. And I don't have a really, I really didn't have a problem with it because Ziggler, I think, has established himself enough 
to have enough heat to make himself believable. So I, I thought it was fine, but I, I do get where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's like if uh, he he does have credibility like over his career, I guess. But right. as of late, he sure enough doesn't. <laughs> it's yeah. like if Sami Zayn would have come out and done the same thing. It, it just like <laughs> I don't know if it's quite like, that bad. Yeah, but... <laughs> Sami Zayn. Like I like that he's having a good match with Roman, but story wise, it doesn't make much sense. But it's still a good match. So it, if he would have done this and it would have been a bad match, it would have been really bad. But yeah. It was a good match, so yeah. the crowd was happy. So they were right. very happy. Yeah, and then we get a Becky Lynch promo. Kyle, tell us what you thought about that promo. Um, much like her promo, I believe it was uh, last week that she cut um, before getting attacked by Sasha. I really like this promo as well. Um, she kind of went after Sasha and said that uh, she's. Um, she didn't do anything on her own. Um, and uh, she's, she said she was cold as ice a few months ago and basically said she's the best person on the roster that is not great or hasn't amounted to anything. Yeah, she said she was the greatest women's wrestler to never be great. <laughs> right. That was a really good line. Yeah, it was. And then uh, she said basically um, when they finally get to meet that she would send Sasha home to uh, cry – or she would send – Send her home with something to cry about, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really good promo. And I, I'm going to tell you guys, and I think I mentioned this last week, Sasha Banks is beating Becky Lynch. Maybe not at the next pay-per-view, but before this feud is over. And just for the sheer fact that Becky doesn't have anyone else to face. I mean, she's not going to face Charlotte again, because she's on SmackDown. Right. Not going to face Bayley. And the only other person really could be Asuka, but she's in this ridiculously terrible tag team. So Sasha Banks is going over. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, what do you think, Chris? I'm rather with you. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I, you know, I love Becky Lynch, and I loved when she said the line right. about uh, they they keep bringing this up that uh, she's gonna uh, make her run home and cry. You know, they're they're yeah. still re- referring back to the whole WrestleMania thing, and um, I, I just love right. how they're using that. And I know that we've talked about using real life and and that kind of thing, but uh, Becky Lynch knows how yeah. to cut a promo with the best of them. I mean, she was killing it. Yeah, it was it was incredible. You know, her promo work has has really picked back up since she uh, left Seth Rollins in the dust. It's been yeah. really really good stuff. And as far as using this as like a story about her going home, like I usually don't like that. Like, if you can mix real life in with you know the, the you know the theater of wrestling, it can work. But I don't like you know just saying it for the sake of saying it, like to please the insiders or whatever. But this is something that like, it could be a legitimate story of like Sasha. Right. When we last saw her, she lost her tag belts, to the Iconics and she went home. So Becky's just saying like, Hey, you went home and were crying about losing your titles and not being in the spotlight for WrestleMania, which is true. It happened, but it's also like, can be, you know, a legitimate story of like her character going home. Cause she was upset and coming yeah. back with a vengeance. So, I mean, right. it makes sense. It isn't just like, you know, playing on the fact that, you know, she went home or whatever just to do it. Like, it, it actually makes sense here. So I like it a lot. Not just trying to please the smart marks. It's good. Yes. <laughs> so speaking speaking of that, Jerry Lawler was in the ring. And he was going to have the King's Court. <laughs> when He was going to have it with Sasha Banks. And he talked a little bit about the King of the Ring first, put over the King of the Ring tournament. And before he can introduce Sasha Banks, the lights cut off. Like, it's not like totally, but you know how the, what's been going on with The Fiend. Some lights cut off. 
then a little more, and Jerry Lawler, because he's not an idiot, starts to get out of the ring, and he literally <laughs> says, nope, I've seen this before, and I'm like, great, we don't just have a dope sitting in the ring going, mm, I wonder what's happening, even though clearly you know what's happening. Well, so he, he's, starts- <laughs> he, he almost... He was almost not a dope. Well, and then, uh, <laughs> well that's true. That's true. Yeah. So he's walking up the ramp, and then the lights cut off. And then, like, the lights cut back on, and it's that high-pitched squeal with the lights flashing, and he's, like, staring back at the ring, like, looking around like an idiot. And then you see the fiend coming up behind him. And then he turns around, and, like, Michael Cole's like, Watch out, Jerry! Watch <laughs> out! And then he turns around. He gets hit with a mandible claw. Lights cut out. You hear Bray Wyatt's creepy laughing. <laughs> and yeah, he's gone. And then some some refs and I think maybe a paramedic come out to check on Jerry Lawler. And we go to commercial. And it was good. I love how uh, good of a friend Michael Cole is to just yell at Jerry Lawler and not help him at all when he's getting <laughs> choked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, well, Michael Cole is like 5'8 or whatever. I mean, I don't think he has much of an opportunity here. Yeah, the crowd started chanting uh, Yowie Wowie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> Yeah. Well, honestly, so I mean, Jerry was really struggling in the ring with with uh, talking about the the King of the Ring. Did y'all catch that? Because yeah, he is the King. I get it. Oh no, I was talking like like he was messing. It seemed like he was messing up his lines. Oh, I, I didn't know. I was that. like, "Are you drunk, Jerry?" <laughs> <laughs> it kind of yeah, it went a little a little too long, but uh, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> I, I like that they're trying to get over the King of the Ring, but yeah, yeah he kind of. I, I wasn't expecting him. He said, like, he started, like, saying, you know, oh, what about the King of the Ring? And was, like, kind of talking about it. And he just, like, kind of, he just kept going on. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> really? We're going to do this before? <laughs> so uh, it was a little strange. But he was probably trying to burn time. They were probably going to supposed to cut the lights off a little earlier, and they didn't. You know, speaking mm-hmm. of that, and we'll get to it, but there seemed to be a couple of, like, uh, mess ups this week, like, with lights and sound and stuff. Oh, the Elias thing? Well, the Elias thing, but then I know we're about to talk about the next match, but um, I'll, I'll bring it up in the next match. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So after that, which was good, uh, and again, let, let me say this real fast and then we'll move on, but I'm glad that they're making The Fiend special. I don't want him on TV every week, even though he's my favorite thing on TV right now, because he doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to oversaturate television. Don't become the new Shane McMahon. Uh, just please come in once or twice in between pay-per-views, look awesome, it's going to be great. Uh, So then we had a preview of next week's King of the Ring matches, and we had Ricochet and The Miz versus Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin, who now wrestles in a tank top, (laughs) by the way. Still in his slacks. I don't get it. Like, he was (laughs) gone for like a month. Like, can't you bring him back in like his regular wrestling pants? At least jeans like Elias or something. (laughs) I don't understand. I do not yeah. understand at all. Uh, this match was, well, I thought it was really fun. Tell us about it, Chris. You know, this was a really good match. I, was, I wasn't I was sure what to think about it because anything Baron Corbin's in, you're like, I don't know. Yeah, but those um, other three guys, man. Good stuff. Yeah, they definitely carried it. Um, what I was going to say was, if you notice the beginning of the match, there was like two red spotlights that were just going down on the ring. That's right. Everything I red. About that. And I was like, is Kane about to come out? What's going on? <laughs> I thought they were giving Ricochet like the 205 uh, live treatment, but with red lights <laughs> or the Sin Cara treatment. The I was Sin like, oh, no, treatment, they're not, yeah. no, they're not doing this again for Ricochet. <laughs> 
I know, but they finally went away, and I was like, something's going, something's going on down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was really good back and forth. Um, I thought Ricochet and The Miz uh, worked well together. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin, they've te- they've teamed together before, um, and they, you know, as they're as the heels, you know, they do what they got to do. Um, but there was, you know, I thought there was really good. Uh, like I said, back and forth. I loved uh, Ricochet hitting the code breaker and winning. I was, it was like yeah. an homage to Jericho. I feel. Yeah. Um, but great match. I, yeah, I was like, what? That was a good way to follow up the first match. I felt. Yeah, the finish was really cool because like Baron Corbin had Ricochet in the corner and he charged at him and the Miz pulled Ricochet out of the corner. Baron bounced off the corner and then Ricochet hit him with a code breaker. And which he, he has another name for it. I can't remember what it is, but the, the recoil. Really, the recoil. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a really cool little finish. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, the yeah, uh, Ricochet and Miz like uh, worked really good as a team too. Like I, I enjoyed how they just didn't. They weren't just individual wrestlers. They actually did team oriented stuff. Yeah. Like so that made it a lot more entertaining as well. Yeah, definitely. And then so we move on to the match that's been advertised all week. And boy, aren't we glad they advertised it because didn't they deliver? Kyle, <laughs> Braun Strowman versus AJ Styles, go. Matt, you're forgetting the most important part of uh, you You skipped over Booker T coming in via Skype. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't accidentally leave that out. It was left out for a reason. But go ahead, go ahead if you want. All I'm thinking about that, honestly, is uh, Booker T is not Stone Cold Steve Austin. No. So uh, this was not as good as the Stone Cold Skype interview. I hope they don't continue this every week. I don't know if Skype has a partnership. Unless it's going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin every week. They need to not do this. Yeah. Oh, chucka ducka ducka. <laughs> they have a, <laughs> definitely have a sponsorship with Skype. And they have uh, I, don't know, I don't know anybody who uses Skype anymore. But no. Anyway, uh, so the U.S. Championship match between Braun Strowman and AJ Styles uh, lasted like what? One minute? Yeah, I don't know if it lasted that long. It was so short. Strowman was all over him, dominating him. Uh, Styles went for a, f- a phenomenal forearm. Strowman slapped him out of the air, <laughs> set it for the power slam, and Gallows came in, gave him a big boot. I was really not surprised at all with the uh, DQ. Right. Um, but I wasn't either, but I didn't think it would be that quick. Yeah, so – but at the same time, why would you let Styles get you know the crap beat out of him? So I don't really blame OC for jumping yeah. in that quick. Uh, so they all attacked Braun. They uh, sent him in the post two times. They were you know setting him up for some double double team moves and Rollins' music hits. And it was like an attitude, not an attitude era pop, but like the style, you know, like the music hitting, everybody going crazy, and the babyface running out to make a save, which right. they stopped doing for the longest time for some reason. Um, like they maybe rarely don't have friends. Yeah. They just, they just mm-hmm. let them get beat up all the time, but now they're actually going back to that. And, um, I think it's Paul Heyman <laughs> and it's obviously working really well. Cause the crowd went crazy. Rollins came out, uh, helped Strowman beat everybody down. And, uh, yeah, it's that part. I really liked the, the quote unquote match was, you know, nothing. <laughs> yeah. The segment was fine. There just wasn't right. anything to the match. That's my that's my only complaint. Do you want to add anything, Chris, before we move on? No, I just I wish they would have let them fight a little bit. Maybe have AJ, yeah. you know, put a little over. I mean, he is the champion, but yeah. I know as the as the heels, they you know they can never win clean. I get it. Yeah, and they did have the spot where um, 
Braun Strowman was, I can't remember if Seth had his title out there and he was looking at the title or if he meant, he mentioned something to him, but something happened and they were talking about the universal championship, right? Yeah. Uh, they kind of, yeah. kind of looked at it. Yeah. So, uh, more to, more to that in the end of the show though. So then we move on to the first King of the Ring match and it was Samoa Joe versus Cesaro. And obviously we're all big Samoa Joe fans, but I'm also a big Cesaro fan as I know the two of you are as well. And I, I knew Samoa Joe was going over and Samoa Joe did go over, but I'm so glad they had a competitive match. And yes. boy, boy, howdy. This is the third match. In, excuse me. Not the third match in a row. The third of four matches that were just, it was absolute banger. And this match was great. I would watch these two wrestle every week. Yeah, I kind of wish it was later in the tournament, but um, yeah. still, I really liked it. Um, I wish Sara could have got one win. I really do. Yeah, that's 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 kind of my thinking as well. Um, Either Chad Gable or Shelton Benjamin's getting a win. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of them doesn't meet the height requirement. But Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> More but, uh, on that to come. <laughs> yeah. So, we, uh, yeah, it was a really good back-and-forth match. Both were super physical. Um yeah, I, I I hope they wrestle again uh, in the near future because this was great. I really liked it. Yeah, this is so, really good. So these two guys, they they really know how to turn it on um, for for each match. From what I understand, uh, in the background, th- these two guys are the, like the biggest jokesters, and like everyone loves Joe and Cesaro backstage. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will get. I will say this, and then we can move on if you want to. But Cesaro comes out in this like jump like tracksuit, yeah. And I was I'll ask my wife. I was like, why does he look like every Bosnian neighbor I've ever had? <laughs> you know, just coming out in this like matching tracksuit and uh-huh. stuff. I'm like, like what's going on right now? <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't a great look, but I don't care. As long as he's a great wrestler, he can come out wearing a chicken suit. Matter of fact, he could be the gobbledygooker, and I would still cheer him on. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, maybe that should be his new gimmick, though, being uh, Chris's Bosnian neighbor. That's right. Yes, that would be good. That would be good. Yeah. He just he just needs the sunglasses. That's a <laughs> uh huh. So after the commercial break, big shout have... out to all our Bosnian fr- friends. Yes, by the way, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, after the commercial break, we have Elias in the ring, and he's saying it's going to be his farewell performance because he didn't want to risk being out there every week as a twenty four seven champion. Let me tell you, the the guitar, you know, every time Elias comes out, he immediately strums his guitar. And I'm not a guitarist, and I don't consider myself much of a musician, but I've been around music all my life. But it doesn't take someone that understands anything about music to go, wow, that guitar is way out of tune. Like, it it was miserably bad. And I thought, oh boy, is that, like, did he forget to tune it? But as he's talking, like, these terrible, like, canned production issue sounding just screeches were coming over and like he almost wasn't reacting to it like he did once but like he wasn't and i I thought is this not planned because i'm seeing people in the background like moving cables and stuff around yeah so he starts to play and he's complaining that his guitar is out of tune so he says get me another guitar someone gets in the ring give him a guitar everyone in the world knew who this man was (laughs) <laughs> Especially because you could see his face. He did not conceal it very well. And so he gets in the ring, and he is standing in the darkness. So at this point, you can't see his face, although we've all seen it already. And 
the lights come on, and it's our truth. So instead of giving him the guitar, he attacks Elias with it, but misses, and Elias gets away. And I'd say I love the 24-7 stuff, but this was a miss for me just for the fact that as soon as Elias was out there, why are the other 17 goobers not out here chasing him? Like, it just didn't make sense if, if we're supposed to, you know, believe that wrestling is real. Where are the other 17 goobers? I think Drake well, Maverick was hiding in a crate backstage. That was, yeah. Yeah, that was SmackDown. <laughs> but yes, I could see it also doing that on Raw, waiting for him to come back. <laughs> so, our uh, truth actually did pin him about two or three times. But he and couldn't get the three. But he, yeah, but he kept, even he even used the, the move of doom. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the surprise roll-up. The surprise roll-up roll did not work this time, and I, it, I was in so shock rare. and awe. Shock and awe, I know. really. And he hit him with an axe kick, which I'm pretty sure is his like, real finishing move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he still kicked out of it. Did he hit him with the axe kick? I don't remember that. Well, if, yeah. you, if you remember, he kicked him in the gut, and uh, Michael Cole was like, oh, he's smart. He's wearing the, the belt, and it protected him from the kick. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. Oh, man. It's like his bulletproof vest. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I love the 24-7 title. I didn't think I was. And I'll be honest, when they first announced it, I thought, oh, oh, gosh. But because of R-Truth and Drake Maverick, the the whole thing's been incredible. But this this part makes me worry because the Maria and Mike Canella stuff was kind of a miss for me, too. This makes me worry that if Truth and Drake aren't the centerpieces, I don't know if this title will succeed. And you notice uh, Marie and Mike not on Raw this week. Nope. Nope, not at all. M-I-A. M-I-A. Well, they're probably Um, in marriage counseling. They need to be in marriage counseling. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, they better be. uh. (laughs) So next we have Rey Mysterio backstage. Oh, God. And you didn't like this? (laughs) All right, we'll talk about this. Um, I I liked half of it. Okay, so Rey Mysterio is giving this interview... And he's talking about how um, Andrade was trying to disrespect him and rip off his mask. And he hasn't been able to avenge him. And uh, he says that his mind is two or three moves ahead, but his body just can't keep up. And he thinks it's time to hang up the mask and maybe even unmask. So he starts to pull off the, he literally starts to take off his mask. And like, I never thought for a second the dude was actually going to retire. But he actually, he legitimately got a little emotional here. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, is he really going to retire in a backstage interview? Like he was tearing up and everything. And so then he gets interrupted by Dominic, Eddie Guerrero's son. And then, just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's Ray Mysterio's son. Too soon, so Dom- too soon. Yeah. So Dominic says, Dad, you can't retire yet. You promised me that in my first match, you'd be my tag team partner. Matt, Matt. Your acting is way too good right now. You know, you did so good at Seth Rollins' canned, like, terrible promos. Why don't you do Dominic? Oh, and I'll, I'll do Rey Mysterio. I don't know if I can reach the level of suck. That <laughs> <Dominic> <laughs> Let's try it's it. like he literally turned into baby Dominic again. And he just came in and was just like, Dad, Dad, don't do this. Don't do this. You, you're, you're the legendary Ray Mysterio. Also, does that make Dominic Dominic Mysterio? I think that he is uh, Ray Mysterio the third. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Dominic was just like, 
telling him he just not only was he bad and horrible in like his delivery, he didn't make any sense because he was like, "You told me that uh, when I debuted, you would be my partner," and then he like said, uh, "So he's like, I want to tell my children that I my I debuted with their grandfather, the great Rey Mysterio." And he was like saying he wanted to make him proud and, you know, whatever. He was just so, so bad. Yeah. I, I just, it was awful. I don't. He, like, I agree that Mysterio, like, choking up. He did a really good job selling yeah. that. I, I don't really like the whole, you know, feigning or the injury thing because he's been wrestling Andrade and been doing really cool moves. I know. And he's trying to say like, he's, like, injured. It doesn't really make any sense. But I have. Um, I was really shocked because, like, even that for that split second that he fooled me, I'm like, man, he's better now than he's been since his WCW days, as far as his WWE work's gone. Right. So that part was a little confusing, but he did a good job of, you know, being emotional and, you know, whatever. And he, he tried so hard when Dominic got in there, but Dominic just, I don't know if they didn't get a practice run in or whoever directed him. It was just, well, Ray did really good. Just, like uh, after Dominic was begging him, he's like, it's okay, son. I'll do no, it. No, Ray you. was fine. Yeah, but and then I'm like, was, yeah, that's, that's oh, great. Man. You know why? Because Ray's like, Ray's like, son, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he like holds him, like putting his head down and shoulders. Yeah, right. Like, you know, just put put your mouth here. Just like, keep it, keep it from flapping. I'm not done talking to. Shh. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I don't think it's as bad as you're making out, to be honestly. But it was, it was, it wasn't great. Maybe you need to go watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was so caught up in the Ray Mysterio moment that I, it. I, that's that's why I don't know. No, Dad, Dad, do not retire, please. Do not retire. <laughs> you are so good at what you do. Moving on, <laughs> we have the New Day, Xavier Woods and Big E, wrestling the Revival, and this match was too short. Yep, but it was good. You want to tell us about yeah. it, Chris? You know, it. We had some really good back and forth, but um, I really thought the New Day was gonna. I mean, they were they were primed and ready to win this match. I mean, we had some great uh, great tag team action, which you always do with New Day and Revival. Yeah, and they're, then, both, they're both incredible teams. And then, literally out of nowhere, RKO on Big E from Randy Orton. The cool thing about this, and I I usually get really mad about you know uh, matches not ending cleanly, but this was so perfect. It, it really was. came out of nowhere. We had no idea that it was coming. Like you couldn't see Randy Orton at all. The camera shots, the production with WWE is just so good. Like if you're if you're an AEW fan, and you want them to crush WWE. This is the only area that WWE demolishes AEW. I mean, it's not even close. Their production is so incredible. They've been doing it for so long. They've got so much money behind it. It was such a perfect perfect segue it was great i'm anyway i'm sorry for interrupting you can finish up no no i was just gonna say um actually i'll you're you're good i mean other than um (laughs) thank you you know rko you know he he hits the rko um they're starting to you know beat up on the new day and uh you know i mean they're revival and and reindeer apparently bffs now um yeah and then kofi comes in to to save the day but uh, then he gets RKO out of nowhere, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then and then um, and then you see some like old school Randy Orton, like oh so good. He he has the revival hold um, Xavier Woods and put in and then uh, ready to like look like he break it to break his leg, 
And as he's holding Kofi's face to make him watch it, I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was classic old school Orton, uh, like like he was with um, Legacy. Um, yeah, it I mean, was so it was, good. It was good stuff. And I, I really like the pairing of Orton and Revival. I do yeah. too. I love the Revival. And they're just going to get a, a rub. And Orton is better when he has lackeys. He is. Yes, right. I agree. I agree. Also, uh, I'd like to mention uh, Vic Joseph, who came in after King got injured, uh, was doing play-by-play on the night. He was really good. I really enjoyed he it throughout really the show. Uh, he also pointed out here during the match that these two have history because when the Revival debuted, they broke the New Day's ice cream uh, cart or machine or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> to which which I had like – I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, And uh, like – you know, I was like, that's a you know good thing to remind everybody yeah. of. And of course, Michael Cole immediately, oh, only you would know that, Vic. <laughs> it's just like, great job, Michael. Just go ahead and all the fans who actually remember that, it's just like, Michael Cole's just like, who would remember something like that? And I just <laughs> yelled at the TV. I was like, maybe a fan, Michael. <laughs> it's boss time. I like Vic Joseph better than Michael Cole or Tom Phillips. I think he's really good. I enjoyed his commentary. Well, yeah, I liked him a lot. No one is as good as the guy in NXT. No, Mauro Ranallo, or how you say his name, he's awesome. Uh, he, he's really I, good. I could listen to him do every single match. Oh, yeah. He's so good. Uh, so next we have the women's tag team match. Uh, the women's tag team championship match, excuse me. We have Alexa Bliss Gosh. and Nikki Cross wrestling Fire and Desire. Now, they've already beat the Kabuki Warriors, and they already beat the Iconics, so this is the last of the three teams that were in that fatal four-way. Kyle, mm-hmm. tell, tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Alexa, Alexa Bliss is my girl. Uh-huh. But this match wasn't – it wasn't a horrible match per se. It just didn't make any sense. That's true. Uh, if you had to – like if I had to guess of who are the baby faces – or actually, I'll ask you guys. Who who do you guys see as the baby faces in this? I didn't see any of them as baby faces, but I guess if I had to pick, honestly, I probably would have picked Deville and Rose, even though I it they're clearly heels. I don't know. It was it was a weird dynamic. What about you, Chris? I'm going to be honest. I dozed off during this match. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was so bad. Anyway, I don't ahead. know how you could see Alexa Bliss and Mandy Rose in a ring and fall asleep, but okay. <laughs> So I think, I think if anybody's going to be the face here, it should be Bliss and Cross. Yeah. Because um, Rose and Deville have kind of been a heel team on SmackDown, and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross have been heelish. I think Nikki Cross has kind of been in between, and obviously Bliss has been a you know heel for a long time. But I think they've gotten over as a team. Yeah. So I would have liked to see them kind of take more of a face almost like start to turn face in this match. And Bliss can kind of have an attitude of, you know, how she usually is, but yeah. I think she, she's warmed up being around Nikki cross and maybe she could be a little bit more likable. Um, but they just came out and were doing their, at least Bliss was doing her heel thing like normal. And Rose and Sonya came out with like an attitude. And so the crowd was like dead. They didn't really know what to do during this match. Um, they kind of went back and forth for a while. Um, but really with Bliss and Cross almost doing the role of the Iconics of not being a very good-looking team. Yeah. Uh, even though they beat the Kabuki Warriors clean last week. The ending was um, weird, too. Well, it, it started weird because 
Mandy Rose is getting beaten on, and she gave the hot tag to Sonya Deville. And uh, obviously, it was really a cold tag because nobody cared. <laughs> I don't think anybody wanted to cheer her. So she just comes in and starts clotheslining everybody, and it's like, is she, is she the baby face? Like, what, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, uh, Deville fended off Bliss for something, and Cross just kicked her. Hit her with a swing neck breaker and won. It was out of nowhere, but it wasn't the good out of, random out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Yeah, it was so like, weird. Yeah, Bliss and uh, um, Cross like were just getting you know beat up by uh, Sonya Deville and like just you know not doing anything offensive, and all of a sudden it's just like distraction, swinging that breaker, and that's it. Like it was just the weirdest, weirdest match. Like it, it. Yeah, it just made no sense. Yeah. So we had Sasha Banks in the in the back. And Michael Cole is doing the interview since Jerry Lawler is, you know, at the hospital or whatever. Incapacitated. Incapacitated. He's yeah. drinking. And he probably is. <laughs> and Michael Cole, like, I didn't write it down, so I don't have it. But, like the things that he said were so scripted. Like he was probably literally reading from a script. It was just so, so bad. But basically what he, he said something to the effect of, we will thank you to tell us why you attacked Becky Lynch. It didn't make any sense. So she's like, I'm going to address it. I'm going to address what everyone's been talking about all week. And then she starts talking about how great her blue hair is. And everyone's been talking about her blue hair. (laughs) And like, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's come up, but that's not the main reason like people are talking about her. And so then Michael's like, we would thank you to, you know, tell us about why you attacked Becky Lynch. And all she said was, you're welcome. And got up and walked away. Like, all right, that's fine, I guess. Didn't make any sense, but whatever. I thought Sasha was pretty good here for what being like the dismissive heel, but yeah, Cole's lines were just so awkward. It was just so terrible. It just ruined the whole thing. Sasha did fine. Yeah. But when the interviewer just sounds so awful, like it's difficult for me to get past. Yeah. He was reading a teleprompter or something. You you kind of, I think it'd probably been better if it was one of those backstage things with one of the little, you know, beboppy girls with their microphones. So she can just like look at, Look at them like they're stupid and walk away, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been better. Uh, speaking of better, we had Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn, and boy, this should have been amazing. Should have been great. It just wasn't long enough. No. And I think Sami Zayn is now two and sixteen, is what I read since coming back from injury. And one of the matches was the win with Kevin Owens, the tag win against the New Day. I don't remember the other match. It must have happened right when he came back because he always loses. And, like, you knew he was going to lose. I'm shocked you said he had two wins. I know. I I remember the one. Yeah. Uh, The match was was a good, what, four-minute match? Does that sound about right? I guess. I mean, it was so fast that I was like, are they going to make Sam? I mean, why is Sami Zayn even in this competition if this is how they're going to? Exactly. You know? And these two guys are both so good. Sami Zayn's so great. And these both guys are so good. Nothing happened until the very end where Cedric Alexander does a couple moves and then just ends. And I don't know. I don't know. I, Ross started out so strong and it ended. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, after the the tag team championship, the women's match that was so boring, I fell asleep. And then I was watching this one, and I was like, 
you know, they could have really given those two a good solid seven to ten minutes, and it would be it would be an amazing it'd be amazing match. Yeah, but I don't know. It is what it is, you know. So then we have Natty in the background with her arm back in a sling, and she didn't really get to start talking much. And Sasha Banks comes and attacks her again. And she like puts her arm in a drawer and slams the drawer. And then she says some very disparaging things about her deceased father that mm-hmm. I generally like, I understand wrestling's a work. And honestly, Natty is probably fine with this. Jim Neidhart, if he were alive today would probably say after I pass away, feel free to use me in an angle. Like <laughs> wrestlers are wrestlers are like that. Yeah. So they're probably okay with it. But what she said to her it kind of got under my skin. And I, I don't, that's crossing a line for me. It just never works. No, it doesn't. Like it's not, they do it to get heat. And it just it's, makes people feel uncomfortable. With Baron Corbin and Dean Ambrose talking about Roman Reigns when he had leukemia. Yeah, it's awful. It's, it's like, you know, Randy Orton saying Eddie's in hell when Eddie Guerrero died. Like it's it just doesn't it it never works. Like they try to do it to make you so mad at them. And I, I guess Vince hears it and he thinks like, oh, you know, people are gonna hate him. Yeah. And he just thinks people like it, but people just don't react the way he, I, that they think they do. Like right. it's not a nobody's gonna hate Sasha more for this. It just it's out of bad taste. I think everybody because he really died. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It just leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. They're just like, Ugh. well, Vince. Like it's, yeah, Vince loves. It's not an anger. It's just a you know something to scoff at. Like yeah, it's not it's awful positive. Yeah, Vince. Vince loves this kind of stuff. I mean, he loves to. First of all, he loves to say hell. Like if yeah. you ever, I mean, yeah. whenever he says it, he says it all. You know, straight to hell. So he just loves it. Um, uh, and so whenever they can do something like this, he's like, jump on it. This is good blank. You know, that's what Dean Ambrose would say. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I, I get it. It it is at a bad taste, but you know, that's what they told her to say, and so she did it, and she did it convincingly. I believed her. You know, I mean, it was like yeah. she she's a jerk, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's much better heel for sure. She's but way better. I could done without this is good. Done without the line. Yeah, I I, I personally don't think either one of them wanted to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like yeah. I think it was like well. They're paying us to do it, so <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah, exactly. But but now that is on video that Natalia is getting that screamed at her for the rest of her life, and it has bothered me a bit. Uh, main event time. And I, I do apologize. The reason this match was set up was because there was backstage Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, and Seth's like, hey, big guy, we're going to wrestle for the tag. Or he says, I'm going to go see if I can get us a tag team championship match. Like Braun's staring at. Seth's universal title and he's like dude maybe another time right now let's focus then he leaves there's another backstage match another backstage segment he's like dude I got it he said you just follow my lead and I'm like that's not a good line and so Braun's like staring at the universal title and he stands up and looks at Seth he's like you follow my lead and then walks out I'm like okay this leads all to the tag team championship match and I do want to say Match was really good. I really enjoyed it. The OC is great. Braun and Seth are fun. But how many times have we seen 
two guys win the tag team championships just to set up a world title match. Oh, hang on. That was Seth Rollins? I thought it was Nicholas all grown up. I'm, I'm telling you. I thought, he, I thought he went to the Voltar machine and wished to be big. So, or, or he was in like the, what's the thing Dragon Ball Z called, Kyle? The, the, the time, the hyper, hyper hyperbolic time, time chamber. Yeah, he's been, he's been training there for seven, seven years, like three separate times, <laughs> like 27 years old. Yeah, but yep. no, it was the match was super yeah, fun. Yeah, it was good. Uh, and the, the ending was great because uh, Braun Strowman has, I believe it was Carl Anderson yeah. up for his power slam, and Luke Gallows is out. And AJ Styles is going to interfere. And as he's sliding in the ring, he gets curb stomped. And like it looked like he took his head off of his shoulders. Like it looks so good. I just, I didn't want this because, first of all, it makes the OC seem like they're not strong. Because they just lost, they just won the friggin' titles, and they're supposed to be dominant, and they they lost it already. And secondly, I'm so tired of seeing a world champion and his challenger as champions as champions as they're walking up the ramp. Ron Strowman's holding his brand new title, and he's staring at Seth's universal title. I just I think it's poor writing. I don't think it made the OC look weak because I mean these are two of the biggest guys you know, on the card, you've got Seth Rollins. Yeah, it's the WWE champion and Braun, and Braun Strowman. Strowman yeah. yeah. So I think, I don't think it makes them look weak at all. I mean, they, they've had it for a couple of weeks. So, I mean, it's not like they just won it, you know, like five days ago, but, um, like Dusty Rhodes, like Dusty Rhodes. See, you see how I, I like those two. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, good job. But, uh, I, I know this is kind of their, you know, their MO when it comes to you know, the, the, the champions, you know, fighting it out but you know i think this could be interesting i really do i'd like to see where this goes i'd like to see them defend the titles together and um you know who knows this could be like jarrah show you never know i uh <laughs> it's I'll, t- I'll tell you where it's gonna go chris it's gonna go uh one of them's gonna screw the other one or mess up then they're gonna lose the t- tag titles and that's gonna set up their match in like a week or two i mean it's definitely <laughs> yeah. gonna happen it always, it always I, I would, I'd like to see them drag it out. I mean, I know it eventually will happen, but not at night of champions. You know what I'm saying? Like, like really let's, let's, let's play this out and have some fun with it first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, Chris, that I didn't see this as making OC look really weak. Cause uh, like we said, it's the WWE champion and Braun Strowman and they did have a competitive match. It wasn't a complete That's true. Know, squash. Um, and this is, uh, I did enjoy, um, or I like the finish because uh, it played off the obviously OC when they, you know, stuff, stuff's not going their way, they'll come in and cause a disqualification. And they did it early in the, in the night, you know, and it was a super quick match. But they kind of played or helped out this finish because I kind of was thinking the whole time AJ's going to slide in any minute and break this up. Right. And it was a good kind of twist where he does slide in and the crowd's probably thinking, oh man, it's, Yep, here we go. It's going to happen. And Seth stomps him, and it leads right to the you know right to the finish, and they win the belts, and the crowd went crazy for it. Right. Um, but I also kind of agree with Matt that I don't see the point of them winning the belts. I don't mind them wanting to challenge the OC and you know beat up you know any two of the three or all three like make a handicap right. match or something. But like, why? Why does? Why do they? want the tag belts. Like why does Seth, because it was Seth that came to Strowman and was like, Hey, I'm going to get us a tag team title match. It's like, why do you want a tag title match with 
Braun Strowman. Exactly. Like that part was a little strange, and it it is more of a we're just going to put these the titles on these two so they can have a conflict later on and set up a match. That's you know really for the important belt of the universal title. So well, you know, exactly. it's like yeah. it's the friends close, enemies closer. You know. Yeah, I just think the titles, uh, the tag titles at this point, are just props, and, and they're just they, it makes it unimportant when they're used in this in this way. But by the way, Kyle on WWE yes. Raw from August nineteenth, twenty nineteen. Tell me, what would you grade it? I I actually enjoyed this uh, show a lot because, um, like I said, I've I've kind of said the last couple weeks. I just one reason I got turned off of Raw for a long time um, in the you know the last couple of months was like it was there was just so much stupid things on it that you know right. just made me it would just make me angry by the end of the show and so I would just like turn it off. Um, it's been a lot a lot less of that lately, so I've enjoyed them much more. Um, there were some things like the you know the women's tag title match was strange. Um, the Michael Cole, Sasha Banks thing was a little strange. I mean, there was a couple of strange things on here, but nothing made me angry. Uh, there was enough good wrestling on here, like Joe and really great wrestling. Uh, yeah. So it was an enjoyable show. I'll give the show a B. Okay. Chris, you know what we didn't have on this show? A, a jobber match. I know, which means the war Raiders or what, what they call the Viking Raiders weren't on TV. And I was, and uh, Brock Lesnar wasn't which, on there. Yeah. Which made it even better. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, we've been complaining about jobber matches for, I'd say, a good four to five weeks. At least. Not one on this show. And we had some Perfect. we had some good King of the Ring matches. Um, the only thing I thought was awkward was the women's tag team match. Everyth- and, 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 of course, the acting debut of Dominic. Um, yeah. Other than that, man... I enjoyed the show, um, and uh, you know I, I've been kind of tough on Raw recently, but I'm gonna give this an A minus because uh, it's not quite an A plus. But there were no jobber matches, and that was my biggest problem for weeks. So A minus. Yeah, uh, the ending really bothered me, so I can't give it anywhere in the A range. Uh, I think I'm gonna go right in between the two of you and say B plus. There were just two incredible matches in uh, Reigns and Ziggler and Samoa Joe and Cesaro. That tag match was great. Uh, Randy Orton doing the RKO, literally like no one expected it. It's just it's just so good. Um, but the ending with Sasha Banks, you know, yelling at Natalia and saying what she did and having the tag team championship match become props, or the t- titles become props, I didn't care for that. But, you know, sometimes you're not going to like everything. And I think that even the things I didn't like, most of it was was well put together and well done. I'm going to go B+. plus. think it was good. Matt, are you saying you're a B-plus player? I am saying that Raw this week was a B-plus player. <laughs> uh, so let's do some wrestling trivia, Chris. All right, let's do some trivia, guys. Uh, so I forget, who won last time? Uh, I believe that was uh, not me. I believe it was Mr. Kyle was. that won last it time. It was his first victory ever. So uh, Yeah, when am I going to get to host this crap? <laughs> <laughs> when you come up with your own. Yeah. All right, so uh, so you got, so you got for those who don't know, we have three categories. We have classic era, attitude era, and modern era. 
So Kyle, you won last time. Which one do you want to go with? Uh, let's go attitude. Attitude. That's that seems to be your wheelhouse, I think. So, uh, okay. Who got tombstoned by the Undertaker on a Penn Station escalator on an episode of WWE Shotgun Saturday Night? Kyle. Yes. Mankind. No. Man, I have no idea. Matt, I'm going to yep. go with uh, Triple H. I have no clue. Tri- Triple H is correct. Is Matt. it really? Yes, it is. <laughs> well, he was always on TV, and I'm like, all right. I, I have. I mean, I literally just picked a random person. I'm like, Triple H was around a lot. So there you go. <laughs> so I, Yeah, you're I, not wrong. I am going to add a new rule. Okay. Uh, you have to let me finish the question. Okay. I guess it's probably best for our listeners anyway. Yeah, yeah so. I try to be respectful and let him finish. Uh, I want to say that's why I've lost the last All couple right. of right. let's, uh, let's do modern. Modern. And to remind our viewers or listeners, the modern era only goes to the year 2013 because that's when this game was made. All right. All right. Here we go. What superstar, and this is a multiple choice, what superstar among Shawn Michaels, Kane, and Big Show, did fans vote to face John Cena and Kurt Angle for the WWE title at Taboo Tuesday 2005? Matt. Kyle. That was Matt. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is correct. Woo! I actually watched that pay-per-view. It was not I think good. there's a delay in the uh, audio. <laughs> <laughs> is there another glitch? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. Uh, um... Let's let's do another modern. That was fun. Modern. Modern is basically the ruthless aggression era, I think. Yeah, pretty much. And then a little bit into PG. Yeah, yeah. All right. In 2011, the 2011 Royal Rumble was billed as the biggest Royal Rumble in history. How many participants were in the Royal Rumble match that year? Kyle. That was Kyle. Ah, 40. 40, 40 is correct. Boo. Which now is now is not the largest. <laughs> yeah, well, the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, not the, yeah, not the greatest. Not the but greatest. I don't, I don't care how bad that pay per view was, and like all the blood money and stuff. Let me say, if they would have had five hundred people in the Royal Rumble, I would have been happy. The longer the Royal Rumble, the better. I, I don't I care know. The bad spots. I love it. We know you love it. I love the Royal Rumble. <laughs> all right, Kyle. Uh, let's go classic. No oh. classic. Matt loves classic. Mm. By the way. Oh, this is so easy. Okay, you have to let me finish. All right. What WWE Hall of Famer was known for carrying a two-by-four length of wood to the ring with him? Kyle. Kyle. Ah, come on! That was Kyle. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. No, wait. That's correct. It's clearly Papa Shango. Point for Matt. (laughs) That was Kyle. All right. We are tied up two to two. Don't give us some that are so obvious. All right, Kyle, go ahead. Uh, let's go classic again. All right, classic. Who managed the Iron Sheik during his brief reign as WWE champion? Kyle? Yes. Uh, Freddie Blassie? That is correct. Wow, that's a good pull. Did you know that? Classy Freddie. I had a feeling. I couldn't remember if it was him or uh, I almost said the guy's name. Oh, uh, yeah. Bougie. 
There was another guy. Uh, the uh, was the wizard, the Grand Wizard. Wasn't that his name? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, oh yeah. He was All a right. popular heel manager. I will go with attitude for the next one. All right, attitude. Oh, I can't. I, I got to pick a different card. These are all easy. Sorry. <clears throat> you got flashcards now? Well, I've got cards for the questions. <laughs> okay. I don't like this new rule, by the way. That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Who defeated John Cena for the United States Championship in his WWE debut match on SmackDown in October 2004? Kyle. Kyle. Carlito. Carlito is correct. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. <laughs> Dude. Dude. The worst theme music. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I hated Carlito. I loved Carlito. Him and oh, MVP. I hated him. him. Mm. All right, Kyle. Uh, let's go Attitude. Okay. What makeup clad rap duo accompanied the oddities to the ring for their match at SummerSlam 1998. Matt. Matt. The same clown posse. That is correct. Were they in WCW? Yeah. Point? Yeah, they were. Mm. All right, They're terrible. I hate them. Uh, modern. <laughs> That's modern. Four, right? Callan needs one You're more. not a fan of the Juggalos, Matt? No. So we'll yeah. never see you at uh, the Gathering of the Juggalos. That is correct. You will never, <laughs> ever see me at the Gathering of the Juggalos. I say that in like two years, we're going to have WrestleLife YouTube and the big dare will be like, we'll, we'll have we'll have a Devil's Advocate Challenge, but my 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 loser thing will be to go to a Juggalo concert. Yes. Oh, that will be miserable. Makeup and everything. <laughs> All right, modern. Sorry. This, All right. That's my who nightmare. Did, who did John Cena defeat at WrestleMania 21? To win his first ever WWE championship. Kyle. Yes, Kyle. JBL. JBL is I correct. Knew that. I don't like this new rule, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle well, can you say can, his name faster than I can say mine. Listen, you can still tie. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's three it's, five. Oh, we're doing ten questions. That's right. Yes. yes. All right. Go ahead. Uh let's go uh modern. All right. What superstar served as the Miz's apprentice and then VP of corporate communications during the Miz's 2010 2011 WWE Championship reign? Matt. Yes. Alex Riley. Alex Riley is correct. Woo! I loved Alex Riley. I thought he was going to really do something special. I did too. I was really upset that it didn't work out. Anyway. He's full of rage. He's, He's much better to heal, though. His face run wasn't all that great. No. All right, Matt. Attitude. All right. You might have just dug yourself a hole, my friend. Uh-oh. What member of the New World Order did Stone Cold Steve Austin defeat at WrestleMania 18? Matt, Kyle. That was Matt. Razor, Scott Hall Ramon. That is correct. Woo! All right, tiebreaker. Right. We got a tiebreaker. All right, so for the tiebreaker, I get to select. Uh, and we last time we did classic. Huh? You need to roll a dice. You're going to screw me over, Chris. I know how you are. I would never do that. All right. <laughs> so we're going to do, because you're both you're both good on the attitude area, I'm going to give you attitude area. All right. 
Who replaced an injured Stone Cold Steve Austin in the triple threat match for the WWE Championship at Survivor Series 1999, winning the title? Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Uh, Kurt Angle. No. Uh, I don't know. Triple H? Well, oh. it's the big show. All right. Well, question All right, 12. guys. Come on, guys. <laughs> All right. All right. Modern era. We're going to do modern. Okay. What world heavyweight champion could not defend his title in the championship scramble at Unforgiven 2008? Oh, no. Due to an ambush by Legacy. Matt. Yes. Oh, gosh. I know Chris Jericho won the match, but I can't remember who got beat up. Was it CM Punk? Is that your answer? Yeah, that's wrong. Matt, you won! What? It was CM Punk? It's CM Punk! Ah, that's great. I remember, because I remember... I had no idea. (laughs) I know this. I have no idea why, but I was researching something for the radio show a couple weeks ago, and I got down the rabbit hole on Wikipedia, and I saw the championship scramble match, and I remember Chris Jericho winning it, and I'm like, I can't remember who that was, who who was the one that was beat up, but it was CM Punk. I actually remembered. Yes, and that and that is what uh, caused the CM Punk Randy Orton feud uh, several years later. Whenever CM Punk was over, I have a feeling uh, you two are in cahoots. And, uh, <laughs> Matt got this question early and was able to research it. Kyle, we no, we are not related. That doesn't happen. Did <laughs> uh, you have, live close together? Do you have a beat the clock devil's advocate challenge for Kyle? I just thought of one. All right, go ahead. Bring it on, baby. Wait, 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 wait. Let, right. me, let me get my timer ready. All right, and you can ask whenever. All right, Kyle, I want you to tell me mm-hmm. and describe how Dominic Mysterio <laughs> oh, God. is going to debut tag-teaming with his dad, and they are going to win the Raw Tag Team Championship. Oh, my gosh. And go. Next week on Raw. Ray Mysterio is going to be taking Dominic to acting classes. <laughs> and he's going to be telling him, son, if, if we're going to be a team, you got to get your acting skills up. You were terrible last week. In the middle of that, they're in the middle of acting class when suddenly the door kicks in and it's Vicky Guerrero <laughs> with papers in her hand saying, Dominic, you cannot tag team with this man because he is not your father. <laughs> My late husband, Eddie, he's your real father and here's the papers to prove it. And so Vicky Guerrero sides with Andrade. <laughs> and it becomes a tag team match between Vicky Guerrero and Andrade versus Rey Mysterio <laughs> and Dominic. Wow. For the custody papers of Dominic Mysterio. Oh, my gosh. That, that, that's like a title that oh, – okay. We're 50 seconds in, but I don't care. That was incredible. I wasn't about to stop you. Ladies hang, on hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Two things. One, your Rey Mysterio – uh accent was really bad. <laughs> uh, 
And two, when Vicky Guerrero comes in, she's supposed to say, "Excuse me." <laughs> and three, and three. He My Ravens really is pretty good. He didn't really answer the question because he's supposed to say how they're going to run the titles. But whatever, yeah, right, yeah. I'm down. I, well, whatever. This is the <laughs> of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you guys so much. You can follow us on Twitter at WrestlePod and on Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio. You can follow Kyle at Kyle.Polly. You can follow Chris at Chris Cumby. You can follow me at Wrestle Life Matt. One last time, thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate you. Hope you have a wonderful evening. Adios.